Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. No! The stars offered me box seats, luxury box suites for game... Seven? I think it was game six. And I said, hey, Stanley Cup could get handed out tonight. I've always wanted to be in the building when the Stanley Cup gets handed out. And she said, we came down here for George Strait. We're going to George Strait. How about that? So I walked out of uh, Cowboys Stadium. And I'm like, hey, who won the Stars game? Who won the Stars game? It's Dallas in 2000. No, the who, the what? And I'm like, this wouldn't have happened in Winnipeg. They don't! This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, it is. I was very upset that June night in Dallas, Texas, when I couldn't find out the score <laughs> of the Stanley Cup game six. Oh, true story. And as I was saying earlier, as we went to our air an hour ago, that there is a George Strait song for everything. Yeah. Although I'm on a bit of a Travis Tritt Are you? kick right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the second half kickoff. Here, brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. You're home for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in moments, we'll be joined by Gary Lawless, the Vegas Golden Knights insider, who I'm sure is a little more chipper these days. The Golden Knights have come back and tied their second-round series 2-2 against the Colorado Avalanche. we got a lot of topics on the table today. As you know, we are the Golden Corral of sports talk, a little something for everybody. And we were talking about the Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul fight last night, and CDX Time is a viewer watching on YouTube, says it was a bad fight. Logan Paul just tried to survive so he can now brag he made it the distance with Mayweather. Now he's going to book more fights. I wasn't getting sucked into that. If you weren't watching it earlier, we went to Ballers and watched the Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight, and it was just bad. B-A-D. And I guess we're not necessarily boxing guys. I was expecting somebody to get knocked out, especially if Mike Tyson's fighting. Yeah. And it was just so disappointing. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And they kind of run that risk of ruining it. Who's going to watch it now after what happened last night? I know. I know. It's really tough. And, you know, the only there's some intrigue here because here's this guy who's a little bit bigger than Floyd. And you think, is he actually going to take a loss here? Could he actually take a loss? And actually, the only way you know is if he got knocked out. Right, it's the only way you'd know if he actually lost the fight or not because I don't have any judges. But yeah, it was not good, I guess. And I'm glad I didn't spend the money. Not to mention the Golden Knights were beating Colorado at the exact same time. Like I'm going to pay to watch this crap. Right. Sportsnet's Arash Badani coming up this hour on our 500th episode. Our very first ever guest was Gary Lawless here on the RP Show. He's a good and longtime friend. He's a great guy, and he joins us from. Las Vegas right now in the midst of this tremendous series. Actually, it looks like his home, Summerlin, Nevada. Happy Monday, Gary. Hey, Rod. How's it going, guys? How's it going this morning? It's going great, and I'm proud of the fact that I had no doubt that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to come back in this series, and boy, have they, Gary. Uh, How much have you enjoyed uh, this affair in round two? Uh, It's been an excellent series. It was interesting, you know, that we traveled to 
to Denver for game one. Game seven against Minnesota was Friday night. And then Saturday, the team traveled to, to Denver and then played Sunday. And uh, Pete DeBoer made, I thought, uh, one of the best coaching decisions so far um, in this series to to rest Marc-Andre Fleury and to go with Robin Leonard. He could have played Marc-Andre Fleury and, you know, maybe the game would have been 4-1 or 5-1, whatever. It was still going to be a loss. Uh, the goalie didn't lose that game. The game was lost because Vegas' skaters did not have uh, the energy uh, to to commit uh, to – to playing the way they have to play to beat Colorado. Colorado is a really, really an excellent team with uh, high, high talent throughout its roster, and they can really skate. You have to check them all over the ice. You can't give them – you have to smother them. And it takes a ton of energy to do that. And uh, the Golden Knights just didn't have that in game one. Um, but they've had it in game two, three, and four – uh, and, and and we'll see what it's like in five. Uh, they, they could have won game two. Uh, they had their opportunities uh, in that third period to put that game away, and they couldn't. Um, uh, they got uh, they got burned by a bad call in overtime, but that's, you know, if you don't put it away and you let, let things linger, bad things happen, whether it was a mistake from one of their players and, uh, and a breakaway for the Avalanche or whatever it was. Uh, that that opportunity uh, was f- for failure um, was there because Vegas didn't close it in the third period. But none of that in uh, games three and four, they were able to get uh, to get the job done in regulation and uh, uh, now go back to to Denver at two two. It was interesting before game one, uh, they re- the the Avalanche ran a, a pregame show in arena, and so it was all of their broadcasters. Their radio broadcasters, their their TV broadcasters, uh, all you know, it was a really slick show, actually, very polished and, and excellent. But uh, they gave um, the Golden Knights absolutely no chance in this series. Uh, they you know just believed that this was going to be an onslaught, and it was in Game One, and then they came back for that same pregame show in Game Two, and it was a repeat. And I, and I can understand why they would do that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that pregame show before game five because uh, it's 2-2. Uh, if you go back to the regular season, Vegas lost to Colorado 2-1 uh, in their last meeting in the regular season. And that game enabled the Avalanche to win the President's Trophy. Vegas only had 15 skaters that night. And they were better, but they just couldn't get it done. They got tired. Uh, if you have that, if you if you look at the last five games between these two teams, including that game, Vegas has controlled the play and uh, the shot metrics, uh, everything in four of those five games, and uh, they have a formula right now that is working against the Avalanche. If I may interject, Arlen Bruce the has been watching the entire program, and he's in Vancouver, and he says, question, are the arenas in Las Vegas at full capacity for the Knights game? And the answer to that is yes. I mean, I do want to talk hockey, but Gary, was there pushback from any corners on the full capacity? Because when Kelly announced it, it was like, <sighs> seemed like everybody went nuts in a good way. Um, well, a- a- anybody that wants to have uh, a vaccine in the state of Nevada has it. So uh, there's really no – if you don't have it, that's, it, that's your choice. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think the numbers are, uh, are approaching uh, 60% of people are double vaccinated. Um, and that includes children, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, some kids can't get the vaccine. So they chunk of that 40% that don't have it. So, uh, no, there's, uh, uh, I, I haven't seen any pushback anyways. Uh, if you choose to wear a mask, uh, um, I have to wear a mask uh, when I'm dealing with the public at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Uh, that's the NHL protocol. Uh, so if you want to wear a mask, you can. Um, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't know why there would be a pushback. Uh, life is uh, uh, life is. Uh, if you choose, uh, life can life can get back to normal here in uh, in in this state. And uh, I hope uh, I hope very soon in all of Canada. And uh, my 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 niece got married in a backyard on Saturday in Peterborough, Ontario, with only twelve people there. And uh, you know, obviously uh, they're in a different situation, but we want them to be in uh, in the exact same situation so that uh, uh, other people's loved ones can have uh, can have the kind of wedding that they actually want to have. She'll have a real nice party down the road. It'll be okay. Yeah, they actually had a. They actually had a really good time, and it was we zoomed in and watched it, and uh, um, it was it was a nice day. I certainly didn't want to mar this with COVID talk, but it was a national reporter, and she said that this was irresponsible of the Golden Knights to do this, and I just yeah. like wanted to scream, "We're over it!" Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Well, t- hey, yeah, sure. But, but, yeah, t- everyone's entitled to their opinion, and uh, and we're not over it. Uh, we're getting through it, but. Uh, um, you know, if, if you don't want to come to the game, if you're if you're worried about yeah. COVID and you don't want to come, stay home. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So, hey, tell me a little bit about Peter DeBoer, Gary, because after the overtime loss in Game Two, I looked at it exactly the same as him. It's a penalty. Chancey or not, it's a penalty, and he didn't go after the refs, right? Brenda Moore has, other coaches have, but he didn't, and I I like that because it kept composure that the team I think feeds off of, right? I mean, he could have. Lost it, but he didn't. I don't know he, the man. I've, ne- I've never met him. He didn't go after the referees. He went after the avalanche and said, right. I, I, you know, I don't blame, I don't blame the referee. Uh, right. uh, I feel bad for him because the other team's trying to fool him. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, Wes McCauley did uh, game three uh, and uh, Frankie St. Laurent. And, uh, you know, there were, you know, they, they called. It's really simple. At this time of the year, you call what everyone can see. You don't reach for a penalty. It's just not. Uh, it's not that. I don't think you ever should actually. But in particular, this is when you know. If, if we if, if if Vegas loses this series, uh, has a result of uh, of a of a poor penalty, or Colorado loses this series, series has a result of a bad penalty. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, like every gate now is in the in the range of depending on how much you charge for your tickets. You know, from you know two to four to five million dollars, and it gets and they increase as as you go on. So for owners who have you know who had to write checks for eighty one million just for player cost in a season uh, when there were no fans for. You know, a, a real big portion of the of the season. Uh, that's a big, big blow. There's some. There's an economic factor to it. Not to mention, 
you know, more importantly, these players play their whole lives and are and are not getting paid right now. You don't get paid in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're playing to win the greatest trophy in sport. Uh, you you want to do your job and listen. It called four period four penalties against Vegas uh, in the first period of Game Two. They were deserved penalties. And Colorado is built to skate. No team should be allowed to hook and hold them and equalize, you know, and have an inferior team equalize a, a game or a series through cheating. Uh, you know, like that's not – if you can't check with your legs right now, you're in trouble, and, and you should be penalized for that. But, uh, you know, phantom calls in overtime for, uh, for slashing when the player turns his stick over – uh, can't have that. And listen, Gislaine Bear, I, I bet you he was sick to his stomach when he saw it in real time. I mean, in, I mean, on, in video and in real time, it's it's hard when the player drops his stick. You're like, okay, like that's what they're looking for. It, when they're stick on stick contact, does the stick break or does the player drop his stick? Does he lose his stick? Is the stick knocked out of his hands? That's that's what, how I should say it. Is the stick knocked out of his hands? Well, then when you go back and you see the video and you're like, well, that stick should not have been knocked out of his hands, and he suckered me, that, it, that you know, it, 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 a bear, it might hurt him going forward in terms of getting another round. That's terrible for him. He's an excellent referee. You know, he'd like to be coaching. He'd like to be refereeing in the next round. Well, that gets looked at. All of this... Uh, all of this adds up. So um, uh, uh, Macaulay uh, and uh, uh, last night it was Dan O'Rourke and Gordy Dwyer did an excellent job. Uh, and uh, I don't think anybody should would have a complaint about the officiating last night. Hey, I got it. No, of course not. I got to fire a couple quick ones at you before we go. We got about three minutes here. Uh, the stat line for Nathan McKinnon last night was zero, zero, zero minus two. How did the Golden Knights make that happen? Yeah, you know, there's just a commitment uh, from every player on the Golden Knights right now to, uh, you know, you, during the regular season, you want to. You want to have a good stats line because that's how you get paid in the NHL. Uh, that it, it, for the right teams and for the right group, that gets thrown out of the out the window at this time of the year. And uh, you know, Mark Stone isn't worried about getting a goal and assist. He's worried about making sure Nathan McKinnon doesn't. And it uh, starts with him, and it goes right through the whole roster. The commitment to check right now from the Golden Knights is tremendous. And uh, I tell you what. Gary Galley said last night, he's doing color on the Sportsnet broadcast, he said, this rough stuff after the play, this the way it's going is Vegas's way. And I love that kind of hockey. That's Ryan Reeves, that's Keegan Colazar. Mark Stone can play that way if you want. Uh, how much of a believer are you in momentum? Because I would think Vegas has it. Yeah, I don't know if it goes from game to game. You know, I think that, you know, Jared Bednar's got, uh, he's got some time here to, to get his team built up and emotionally uh, for for this next game, and Pete DeBoer has to he's got to work on his group and make sure they stay in the same frame of mind that they're in. Uh, I believe momentum takes place inside a game. Your fourth line goes out and hems in their top guys and has a good shift. Then you go back to the top of your lineup and the first line has a good line and then the second line has a good shift. And all of a sudden, 
you know, you've spent two or three or four shifts in a row in the in the offensive zone with the with the opposition hemmed in playing defense. That's how momentum gets built within a game. But I don't know if it carries from game to game. I think that that's. Uh, I think you plant a seed in one game, and uh, and if you get a chance, uh, you can get that. You know, you can get that momentum to restart again. But I, uh, you know, I expect Colorado to be tremendous out of the gate in Game Five, and I don't think uh, uh, what happened in Game Four is uh, is going to be a factor on that. They're going to be ready to go. I'm with you on the momentum thing, but uh, if it does, I like the way it's going. Why are CFL players watching and writing it? Sergio Castillo has just given us the eye emoji. A lot of times you text me after our interviews, Gary, and say, you never asked me about the CFL, so I'm not going to allow that to happen today. Do you have any thoughts on the CFL? Uh, You know, I really don't today because uh, I actually haven't been – I haven't been paying very much attention to what's going on. I I understand that they're talking about August 5th, and I think that that's – uh, a great sign. I think that you know, if you get the governments across the country uh, are going to allow the teams to open up and have players in this and have fans in the stands, then uh, you should. There's no reason to not have a season. So um, I'm I'm excited to hear to hear that. Uh, as for the future and what happens next, I still um, uh, I'm still pretty convinced that uh, um, they're they're working with. Uh, with the, the folks from uh, from from Redbird Capital and uh, and Dwayne Johnson's group, and we'll see where that goes. It's interesting to follow for sure, but not as interesting as this series. And I got to tell you, my brother's taken to for whatever reason and listening to you call the games on the farm. So I ask if he watched the game. He's like, "No, I'm listening to Gary." So you made another fan, Gary. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. I appreciate the visit. Yeah, and congratulations, 500 episodes. Wow, that's uh, it's it's interesting. It's 500 episodes for you. <laughs> Look what you started across the country, right? You've got uh, uh, Hustler doing his thing uh, in uh, in Winnipeg, which is very much like this show. Your show's still the slickest. It's that uh, the production value and everything that you guys have done here is uh, is second to none. It's uh, it's it's tremendous and. I like to tune in when uh, when I have a chance or when I see a guest that uh, that uh, I think that I should see. And your you know, your production team does a great job lining up people. It's uh, you had the you had the number two radio show in Canada when I was there, and, uh, <laughs> and now uh, <laughs> and now you have uh, I'd say you and Hustler are uh, are neck and neck in this. And uh, there's only going to be more of these. So well done, Rod. It's really nice to see. Uh, you guys having this success. My, thank uh, you. Very, br- thank you, buddy. Very Winnipeg. And I say that in a great way. Gary, thank you, man. Keep in touch. Appreciate it. And thanks for being part of the family. Gary Lawless, a huge part of what we've done here. And it is our 500th episode today. And I love that guy. But I didn't want to say it to him because I didn't want to get too mushy. I know. Let's go. Arash Madani joins us next. You're watching the RP show on Game Plus Television, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Moose is here too. It is. Uh, it's a very special day. 
Nice music, guys. It's the 500th episode of the RP Show, and we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of being on national television, too, by the way, on Game Plus. That is on July 2nd, Darren. I'll never forget. But I like when our sponsors write in. Ricky Kazama from The Tap is watching. He says, huge congratulations on the Big 500. Appreciate the hosts, guests, and the insight. Great entertainment. There has been no, touch wood, breaking news yet today. Which is fine, because we got enough to talk about. Weekend NHL leftovers, the Titans trading for Julio Jones, which Darren will probably jump into with a rash here. Fallout from Mayweather, Logan Paul, which there really wasn't any fallout. CFL weekend leftovers, and the Jays drop a weekend series to Houston. That, there, there's enough to talk about right there. And let's bring in Sportsnet's Arash Madani. He's like, another guy that's like family to us for the 500th episode. How you doing today, Arash? Happy Monday. Happy 500th episode, Roddy, Darren, everybody over there, producer Clark. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And we got a full house in the back here, too. We got Ryan, we got Bryn, we got Jordan, all socially distanced. It's a big crew over here, my man. You just heard our topics. Which one of those jumps out to you? You know what I thought about? I thought about Julio a lot over the weekend. Because if there was a way that Green Bay wanted to appease their quarterback who was holding out, their quarterback who's pissed off because he feels that Green Bay is not putting enough skilled guys around him, enough dynamic impact players around him. Well, Julio Jones was there for the taking. And if the cost was, what, a second and a third, uh, that's I don't know how much football, real good football Julio Jones has left. But for one season, this season, when you hosted the NFC title game, to me, it would make a lot. It would make a lot of sense to go get him. The fact that they didn't, I could almost hear Aaron Rodgers saying, "See, see, I told you this is this is why I'm pissed off at them." Oh, amazing! Listen, we got to bring in the resident Titans expert, like because it didn't seem well fan. Anyways, I don't know if you would call yourself an expert. What, what do you think about that? Like, do you think he? Green Bay would have been a better destination. He's a pretty happy guy here today. Of right course. Oh, right? I, I mean, I think he's very happy. I mean, yeah, but it's so the, the naysayers or the detractors would say Julio's finished, right? But I mean, he was on pace, I think, for what, 1,300 yards last year if he hadn't have been hurt. Um, is he done or is he an upgrade? Because he, he's clearly an upgrade on what they have outside of A.J. Brown. Yeah, no, he's clearly an upgrade. He's not a number one receiver anymore. He's a number two. But if you can get Julio Jones for 12 of the 17 games this season, that probably keeps you out of the wild card game. And then that just opens opens things up. I mean, maybe staying out of the wild card game is a bit of a stretch with KC and Buffalo in there. But look, you have a 2,000-yard rusher and suddenly now you're not one-dimensional. And that's massive. That's massive in an AFC East where Buffalo is, I really believe, poised to take over that conference, even with Patrick Mahomes and company, just because Casey's about to hit the reality of, okay, now we have to really pay our quarterback. So Tennessee, to me, is still the number three team. But the gap between one and three has really shrunk, and the AFC is a real arms race right now. So jumping back to the NFC, 
as a dyed-in-the-wool Vikings fan, I think you still are and will be forever. How much are you enjoying the squalor in Green Bay? Because I watch ESPN every morning, man. There's, they don't seem to be resolving this. They don't seem to be. Right, except we're going to find out real soon if, if Rodgers doesn't show up to the minicamp. Um, this is where the rubber meets the road because Mark Murphy, their president, has come out and said, well... There is now kind of division within the fan base. Not everybody's on Aaron's side. Not everybody's on our side. Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has no leverage. Aaron Rodgers is either going to show up or he's not going to play football. So that's, you know, it it becomes up to him. Now, what I would love is for Rodgers to be traded around training camp because as a Vikings fan who doesn't really have a lot of time or regard for anybody in that neighboring state that we don't identify by name. Um, Aaron, how long is it going to take you to learn a new offense, uh, learn a new system? All those, all those kinds of things. I get he's the MVP. I get he's elite, but as a Vikings fan, bring on the Jordan love era. Hey, I got to ask you just to switch gears on the blue Jays for a second. I mean, six games out entering a new week here. Tampa looks very hot, obviously, are the expectations too high for the Blue Jays? Because I see people blowing their stack at Charlie and Montoya. For instance, uh, what was it? Taking Manoa out, leaving guys in, whatever. Like, uh, ex- expectations seem pretty high. How, how are you with that? Expectations are pretty high. I understand it. You know, you go spend $150 million on George Springer, that's going to do it, although Springer's only played a handful of games. I think what's lost in the social media noise about the bullpen is we are witnessing one of the great seasons for a Blue Jays player in the history of the franchise. Roddy Darren, Vlad Guerrero is number one in almost every offensive category there is in the American League. Home run, RBI, OPS, wins above replacement, slugging vlad has put together an incredible start to the season two and a half or so months into affairs now there's a lot of baseball left to be played and he's actually a half decent first baseman for a guy who's only in his first real full season of playing the position nobody's talking about him going back to third base and when i heard charlie a couple of weeks ago say This guy could be a gold glover at first base. I'm saying to myself, man, you talk about the evolution of a 22-year-old kid who last July showed up overweight to summer training camp, realized something had to give, apologized to his teammates, said this isn't going to happen again, has dropped almost 50 pounds, and and swings are rocket launchers when the ball comes off the bat. It's one of the more remarkable turnarounds and one of the more remarkable seasons we're seeing from any Blue Jay ever. Well, yeah, and that's why he adorns our desk here every day. We love us some Vladdy since the moment he showed up years ago. But John of Winnipeg says, Arash, why are the Jays so Jekyll and Hyde? Great one day, not so much the next. Pitching, anything specific? Would you go along with that assessment? Oh, yeah, it's baseball. I mean, your different starters are going to do different things. Steven Matz himself is Jekyll and Hyde. One start, he's, you know, he looks he looks to be the Steven Matz of 2015. And then the next start, he's not. Uh, looks like Ross Stripling has kind of turned the corner. I think he was tipping his pitches a little bit. They made a, they made a tweak to his delivery. They're hiding the ball a little bit more. But this much is certain. Um, 
This Blue Jay team, as it's constructed now, will not be the Blue Jay team of August and September. Roddy, I am convinced that the Blue Jays are going to go make some noise in the trade market. Now, I don't know what they're going to go do. I don't know who they're going to go get. It's it's still very early in that process. The trade deadline's seven weeks away. But this is a team in a in an AL East that is up for grabs. The division is not strong. The Yankees are a shell of what they used to be. Boston has a good record. I don't see this being sustainable for the rest of the season. It's not sustainable for 162. And the Blue Jays had a tough schedule to open things up. If they continue to even play 500 baseball or a little bit more, it would not surprise me leading into the deadline if Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro go make moves. Lastly, I read this June 14th final direction edict from the CFL to the players as a drop-dead date. I don't know if you feel that I've misread that or not. What's your take on the status of the CFL as we sit here delayed into June, as they say we're working towards an August 5th kickoff? Yeah, I don't believe there's a drop-dead date at all. I think that's the league putting some pressure on the players to say we have to do this and to try and get the players to give in on some of their demands. Roddy, are you telling me that on if they can kick the tire down the road until June 21st and start on August 12th, they wouldn't? Um, I, I don't buy that. So I think their target date is to get something done in the next week. But at no point do I believe that that is an actual drop-dead date. I think it's all part of the negotiation, just like we've seen with CBAs. Um, you can put a line in the sand, but the beauty of the sand is you can then put another line in the sand right beside it. And so I think that's what we're talking about right here. It's sad for the fans because I talk to them every day being on this yo-yo. Can't imagine what the players and coaches are going through. I mean, they tell me, but it's worse even than what they say. The players especially, Rod. Roddy, the players especially, the coaches are still being paid. Uh, the yeah. administrators are still being paid. Now, I get that they've taken pay cuts. Don't get me wrong. But there is at least some money going into their pockets. I... I a couple handful of guys got signing bonuses from signing, you know, in the offseason. But for the most part, the players haven't gotten much of anything. And so that's those are the people you have to think about. And then how much are they willing to further give up to play a much shortened season? That's another question. There's a lot of people that think the players won't agree to the pay cuts. I think that they will because they just want to play. We're seeing careers evaporate right in front of our eyes. But everything you've said, and I watch what you say very closely, is that you you still do think that they'll play? Like you said into September. Are you still feeling that way? Yeah, I, I never believed that August 5th was the absolute concrete date. I From the beginning, I thought that could be delayed a little bit even further down the road when this was all going on and talking to people across the league, across the federal government, et cetera, I had always thought that a late August Labor Day-ish um, start could be on the horizon. Uh, I think they're hopeful for August 5th, uh, but I still think there's a capability to play, a capability. Does everybody want to play, Rod? We still have not heard from Toronto. And as much as Montreal has talked around it, are they willing to put the flag down and do it? I'd love to hear the yes. We have from Hamilton. Every, you know, The Tiger Cats obviously are hosting the Great Cup. There's a lot there. We've heard from Ottawa. Uh, we've heard from Rick Lalisher in BC. 
but uh, we haven't heard from everybody. So can they? Yeah. Do I think they will? Yeah. Do I think it'll be August 5th? Eh, around there. Sounds but like I don't you, believe in the drop. Sounds like you've been reading my diary. Are you off this week? You, uh, you're out in Lake Country or what, what, what's shaking? Yeah, out at a buddy's cottage. It was a bit of a college reunion this weekend. So we actually went out and hit some tennis balls today, Rod. And I will promise you this. It's a lot easier on TV than it is in person. <laughs> well, Dupes would know he's the big tennis baller too. Yeah, go Gators. Arash, thanks for this. Enjoy your week, my friend. Thanks for all you've done helping us get to 500. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Here's to many more. Thank you, buddy. Sportsnet's Arash Badani from uh, Lake Country in Ontario. So when we come back, Moose and I, for the rest of the way, we got a sports update, and we'll go full-on viewer takeover. It's the RP Show. Are you good? Did you get bit on the weekend? I'm great. I think I've got a mosquito bite. I got one up here, too. Yeah. They're out. It's that season. I know. Uh, We'll take it. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds full-service car wash. Your car deserves it at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Just before we jump into a sports update here, Daryl, I believe it's Daryl in Toronto. He goes by Beneath Beneath Sports Podcast. He writes that he says, congratulations on the 500th episode. All the hard work you guys put in doesn't get unnoticed. The number one sports talk show in Canada. How about that? Thank you, Beneath Sports. And thank you, Rick Regan. To the Prairie Mobile text line we go. From Assiniboia. Good morning, Rod and Dupes. And don't forget the whole crew here. Happy 500th show and second birthday. I believe I've not missed a show in the 500, whether it be live, on my iPhone, or radio and travel. So you've certainly consumed part of my life. Keep her going. Congrats to Team Canada. Gallant will certainly be in line for a coaching position somewhere. Jets are almost toast. Other series are proving interesting. Goes on to Anyway, he says, come on, rain. Let it happen. We got a little sprinkle yesterday. It was very cold rain. Did you yeah. get caught in that at all? No, I didn't. Very cold, which is fine. We're talking about the Jets and the Habs. Actually, I'll read this in the sports update here. That's what Darren and I are going to face off about coming up. So just hang on to your bingo cards. Here it is. The Canadians have a chance to sweep their second-round NHL playoff matchup versus the Winnipeg Jets tonight. It's the second game of a back-to-back at the Bell Center after Montreal won 5-1 Sunday night to go up three games to none. The Habs have not swept a postseason series since 2014 when they eliminated the Lightning in four. Meanwhile, the Bruins and Islanders square off tonight. They're 2-2. The Isles are coming off a 4-1 win on Friday in which Matthew Barzal scored the game winner in the third. Game six returns to New York's Nassau County Coliseum on Wednesday. Did you see the video of Clark Gillies crushing a beer and crushing the can on his head in I the did. rink the other night? Clarky. His uh, yeah. bobblehead adorns the desk here every day. He shipped that right up from New York. He thought that our desk was missing something. He is just a god there, eh? You know that. His bobblehead, the biggest head out of all of them on <laughs> yeah, the desk. It's... 
What do you call it? Anatomically correct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Western Hockey League announced today Winnipeg Ice Captain Peyton Krebs has won the Bob Clark Trophy as WHL top scorer. The Golden Knights prospect totaled 43 points in 24 games, finding the score sheet in all but one of his outings as he set a new ice franchise record by recording a 23-game point streak. That kid didn't go quietly. And I would say, Darren, that you and I had the privilege of calling his last ever shift and his last ever game in the dub. That's right. It was against the Pats. Obviously, that's why we were doing it. It was. God's team. Unbelievable. The Regina Pats. And he stayed on that bench right till the end, even if he couldn't finish. He was hurt. Yeah, that was sad. That was sad. It was sad. Alex Bocage scored in double overtime. Nicholas Hurtubis made 48 saves, and the Victoriaville Tigre won the Quebec Major Junior League Championship with a 3-2 win over the Valdor Ferrer on Saturday. We just finally learned how to say Ferrer, and then now the season's over. Yeah. Tigres won the best of seven and six. Uh, the Q started their season around their usual date in October with Quebec teams staying in the province and maritime teams strictly playing against each other. The campaign, however, was interrupted several times by COVID outbreaks. The, the memor was canceled in April due to border restrictions around the pandemic. Teams played a maximum of 40 regular season games in the queue, down from the usual 64, but the league managed to crown a champion. And again, it's the Victoriaville Tigre. It's a quiet day in Major League Baseball with just three games on tap. The Marlins are in Boston. The Royals face the Angels, and the Cubs take on the pod squad. It's an off day for the Blue Jays, who play 13 straight without a day off beginning tomorrow. The sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. And while we talk about our wonderful sponsors, my battery officially died on my Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 this morning. No. Right in my hand. Mid trim. 90 minutes. Yeah, mid trim. How about that? That's tough. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that that makes everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> you can feel they're slowing down. No. It just stopped like on a. On a dime. It wasn't the zzz. It was zzz. Oh. Headlight went out. Yeah. So I guess my 90 minutes are up and I got to plug it in now. <laughs> He's got the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 for yeah. men's below the waist grooming. I'm just going to point that out. What, and I'm only bringing that up because they're a tremendous sponsor of our. Put the camera on this kid. <laughs> Why did you turn red? Rented myself a hotel room in Saskatoon. <laughs> took the lawnmower 4.0 with me. Yeah. Had a night. It was good. Well, this is interesting. Yes. From the Hockey Club podcast in Tallahassee, Florida. Don't forget, Rod, FSU Seminoles softball versus Alabama. Tonight at 7 Eastern. Go Knowles. How did I forget? <laughs> SEC softball. From Sober Athletic Wear. Hey, RP crew, happy 500th show. How awesome has the Golden Knights and Avalanche series been? I'm still in mourning over my Leafs, but really enjoying the U.S. Divisional playoffs. The hockey has been great. Did you see this thing about Marner? Was it you? Clark would be all over it, and you might be, about the social media hate or something. Yeah. And I'm like, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. Step into my office here. When you don't score for 23 games 
Or is that Pierre-Luc Dubois? <laughs> 18, thanks. You're going to have to put up with a little heat. Like, am I way off base on this one? Like, come on, man. Come on. He's getting $11 million a year? And you haven't scored in 18 playoff games and you're upset you're getting abused a little bit on social media? I got I to gotta swing it back here a little bit. What's the bet? When's Mitch Marner going to score again? I would, come on. Come on, official, our betting partner. How do you feel about Marner? Like, I don't like seeing people get bullied, but sometimes he's not exactly stepping up to the plate here. Yeah, I mean, we don't like to see it, but don't be surprised. It's not coming out of left field here, right? It's not, not that it's, on, it's ever warranted or just, but it's tough, really tough. I mean, you have to expect that. You're going to play in the hottest, one of the hottest hockey markets in the, in the world, and you're going to play on one of the original six franchises that hasn't won a Stanley Cup in so long, and the expectations are sky high, and they've got a history of failure and all of these things, and you want to be one of the highest paid players in the NHL. So... It's kind of what comes with the territory, you know? It comes with the territory. You want to go work underground in the mine like my brother does and and deal with all the dust. You get a little danger pay. You get paid a little more to deal with that danger. And you get paid $11 million not just to play hockey, but with everything else that goes around it, the expectation that you need to be training in your off time and that you're not going to have as much family time as you as normally would with the travel. And you've got to deal with being in the public eye. You're getting paid for all of that. So... That's, that's all. That all comes with the territory. That's all I'm saying. Just score, Mitch, and you'd be surprised how little heat you're going to get. Uh, and lastly here, uh, 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 Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, I bet that the Spruce Grove Saints are God's team. Why, because they sent me a free shirt? No. But uh, John in Winnipeg says, Rod, is that a great cup ring? Well, up until 2019, I would have said, yes, I know you don't see many of these in Winnipeg, but I put this... I dug it out because we had from the Hockey Hall of Fame Phil Pritchard in hour one talking about the Stanley Cup and the Dallas Stars and my dad won a championship with them. I'm like, you know what? I feel like putting my ring on today. Yeah. You don't wear it often. Very rarely do I wear it. But yeah, that's apparently it looks very big on television. That's what they're saying when the light catches it. That's what it is, John. Face off when we come back and more viewer takeover. You're watching the RP show on Game Plus TV and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at RodPeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. It's overtime for a lot of people. It's their favorite. Uh, it's their favorite segment. I'm getting some kicks out of the comments from people here. Listen, I love the fact that we now have the relationship with Winnipeg that we can kibitz back and forth. See that the joke I made about they're asking about my Grey Cup ring. Um, and who was it? Tacona Pauli says, "Hey Rod, we own the last ring. Now we can have some fun with it, right? Like you." Haven't been able to do a sports banquet in how long? Feels like a decade. But you know, when I was voice of the riders, used to open up those banquets. What do you? What do you call somebody with a Hamilton? What do you call somebody with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Grey Cup ring? A know. senior citizen. <laughs> Wally Buono and Dave Ritchie jump off a building. Who lands first? Who cares? How about that? <laughs> Who cares? 
All those great old CFL jokes. Yeah, that's pretty Am I making you uncomfortable? No, I like it. You know, we used to do that stuff with Winnipeg all the time. Now that they've won, now they can laugh. Yeah, we're right. Now it's now they can participate. Now they can participate. They don't just have to sit there and take it. Now they can. What do you call a Hamilton Tiger Cat with a Grey Cup ring? A thief. (laughs) A little slow on the trigger. Yeah, what are you guys doing back there? Having a party? There's like four of them back there. Uh, We were going to face off, right? Yeah. From Habs for Life in Vancouver, Rod, will you be at a CFL game in week one? Yeah. I'd like to be in Vancouver. Remember the Lions invited us out. That's right. So we'll go. Just get on the field. So listen, we only got a few minutes left. Let's face off here for the ultimate fan zone in the Mad Greek restaurant, which, by the way, Droves of people going to Moose Jaw for Vegas Golden Knights merchandise at the Ultimate uh, Fan Zone. That's a fact. Yes. The question is, does the series end tonight, the Montreal Canadiens or Winnipeg Jets in the Bell Center? And I'm going to tell you, the Winnipeg Jets know that they got Shifley coming back for Game 5. They're going to do it without him tonight. Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to snap the streak, and they're going to go balls to the wall tonight against Montreal and extend this series and send it back to Winnipeg. And you can... Take that to the bank. How about you, Moose? You know, it's funny. We talked about this. I want to flip. I kind of want to agree with you because Brady's making it real hard to like the Montreal Canadiens right now. Yeah. But you know what? I think the Montreal Canadiens can absolutely end it tonight. And it's not, you know, because they're just so much better than Winnipeg. They've got something on their side, whether it's destiny, whether it's magic, whether it's karma. I don't know what it is, but they've got something special right now. You know, Carey Price is a big part of that for sure because they're not lighting the world on fire offensively. But they've got something special going on, and I believe in that. I like to believe in things, and I think Montreal's got something special happening. So I think they could end it tonight. We'll see, huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll be watching. The uh, face-off is brought to you by the Ultimate Fan Zone. Now just a click away, ultimatefanzone.ca, or check us out on Facebook and Instagram, UFC, downtown Moose Jaw, home of everything authentic. And brought to you by the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw, the patio is now open. I didn't know they had a patio. How about that? Open for licensed dining at the Mad Greek in Moose Jaw. Visit them today right downtown on Main Street in beautiful Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Um, I actually won a face-off a while back, and you know what I'm going to say. Julio Jones came out over the weekend and said he didn't know he was on live television when he was talking to Shannon Sharp. Is it Shannon Sharp or Sterling Sharp? Shannon. Shannon Sharp on FS1's Undisputed, where he spilled the beans that he wanted out of Atlanta. He says he didn't know. We faced off on that a couple weeks ago, and you felt that he did. And uh, it's not like I'm throwing you under the bus here, but how did the tracks feel? (laughs) <laughs> smashed <laughs> wow but wah. you know what uh, he admitted that he didn't know and you thought that he didn't know that it was all I, set up. for sure and just from the business of it and this comes out i would imagine that shannon sharp has had a closed door meeting with an executive at fox sports since that news has come out what's the follow it on i heard he's in a lot of trouble there's going to be some trouble before if it i can't imagine if There'd be trouble because, you know, you assume that Julio knew. And he would have said, no, like I told him we were going to do an interview. I told him we were going to get, get him on the air. And he said he would. So this comes out 
Now, all of a sudden, Fox Sports or that show might have trouble getting guests. They might have trouble with relationships with teams, especially Atlanta. I don't know. It's not a good situation. I wouldn't want to be in the room. Uh, But Shannon's going to have to answer for it. But you've done enough talk shows. You can see now where he's like, Julio, what's going on? Well, we've said it. Your phone rings on the air. Answer it, Rod. Answer. Put him on the air. And what, but, I, but I did it of on my course. old show. Hey, just so you know, we're on the air right now. It's the first thing you say. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was expecting the guy to say, I want out. I thought he would swear. <laughs> that was the biggest reason. <laughs> But the thing is, from Julio Jones' perspective, he's now traded to the Titans. I got to think he's sitting there going, uh, who really cares? I want it out anyways. For now sure. the world knows. Now the world knows. You know, I'm where I want to be. I'm happy. Life's good. Nashville, A.J. Brown, let's go. Let's do something special. Well, and here's the thing. Habs for life. The viewer, one of the viewers in Vancouver says, Shannon broke the code. Fire him. He might get fired, but I would suggest... That they're just going, well, it all turned out nice anyways. We'll see what happens. As Cactus Jack Wells used to say. With other players, right? Will other players not go on the show? Does Shannon lose a little bit of that cred? He played the game. He's got a lot of cred, so he probably has enough to get over something like this. But it's just, it's not a good one. Well, my point is the only person that's probably would be mad at him is Julio Jones, and he's probably not that mad at him because he ended up getting what he wanted anyways. This was the triggering effect, it was, of the trade. So... Tomorrow, Hockey Hall of Famer, Clark Gillies. Nice work, Clark. The man for whom producer Clark is named. We got Hoop Life's Andrew Gotzelig and more. Thanks for a great day, Moose. Thank you. Happy 500. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern here on Game Plus Television. McFly, hello. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.